Zeus Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. My name is Eric Blum, breaking down Mizzou Sports with you every week here on the show. Joining me for the final time as the permanent co-host of the Tribune's Mizzou Sports Podcast is Langston Newsom. We'll get into all of that and where he's heading and how happy we are for him and all that later in the show. But Langston, Mizzou-wise, where do you want to start off this week? And There's only one place to start. It's Mizzou softball locking up the regional number eight overall seed in the, um, in the NCAA softball tournament and really exciting weekend for them coming up short against Florida in the SEC tournament semifinals but really showed a lot to me um, filling in for you this weekend about the potential hopes of not only getting out of this region but possibly into the Super Regionals and possible World Series berth for this team. Yeah, go back a little bit here. Uh, over the past couple weeks, I think since our last podcast, Missouri played Florida in a three-game series. Probably should have won all three games. They only won one. They were 25-0 and going into that series uh, against, I guess, when leading after five innings. Then they were 26-2 and after that weekend. Uh, they took two of three on the road from the number nine seed, Tennessee, and then lost in the SEC semifinals to said Florida team. Uh, had a go-ahead three-run home run from Emma Robbie. Uh, to lead six to five, and they give up two runs in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, so, and as Langston said, I just got back from vacation. Uh, I went to Cincinnati for a week. Great food uh, and great times. Uh, hung out with my dad. Hung out with my dog. It was phenomenal. But Langston filled in for me. Was was the main Mizzou reporter for the week. So, what was your kind of your impressions? Kind of getting into that world for a little while. I think my biggest takeaway is and something that. Coach Larissa Anderson talked about is really kind of getting experience for a really young bullpen. You got four of the you know, pitchers that they used this weekend. You know, sophomore, freshman didn't have any um, postseason experience going into the SEC tournament. And you have Jordan Weber with a complete game, one one earned run against LSU in the quarterfinal matchup. And I think that really kind of set the tone of where this team is is going. When you have a person who doesn't have any type of SEC experience postseason experience excuse me really going out there and dominating and, and then you talked a little bit about the Emirabi home run there at the top of the seventh uh just to kind of peel the curtain you know I, I'm in my office writing and I'm, I'm working on the the loser um the Missouri loss side of my gamer sure and then she hits that home run and then I'm I'm trying to think. Okay, I got to flip this game story around. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it really, it really kind of showed something that Coach Anderson was talking about all week. This team really does believe that they deserve um, to, at that point, to go to the SEC uh, championship. But to make a run this year in the postseason and and taking that away from a Florida team that eventually lost in the SEC uh, championship, but was believed to be the best team in the SEC, showed a lot of guts, in my opinion. And then unfortunately, you have that error by Jenna Laird, you know, SEC Freshman of the Year. That kind of ends their SEC uh, tournament hopes there in the bottom of the seventh. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Kind of, I was I was watching that game in Cincinnati. It just happened to be on when I, when I was that was all happening. And my, my first take was, if Missouri holds this lead, the Emmy Robbie home run was Missouri's single biggest swing in program since blank. And it obviously has to go back to at least uh, 2016 when they were in the super regionals the last time. Um, if not back to 2013, just that would have been a humongous win for them that 
we know now that it didn't matter as much because they still got a direction where they can host a super regional even if they just went out they don't need any help to host but at the end of the day they still got the number eight seed overall and we're kind of going to break down the bracket as a whole here and how it plays out for missouri and I, I, i'm running a column for today tuesday for wednesday's paper i think missouri got a plum draw i mean they with all of the mid-majors that were out there that could have came to columbia and i know that re- travel is restricted a little bit because of covid which actually probably helped missouri if that was the excuse but man missouri i mean i'm looking at this just live right now and the teams that have no whammies really in front of them of any kind i mean missouri might have just and i'm not overstating this maybe the second easiest road on paper to oklahoma city of any team with ucla being the only other team who has really no bigger challenge that could present itself at full strength ahead of them than Mizzou. I mean, at the end of the day, we'll go into this, but the Knoxville Regional is such a tough one because you look at just what Tennessee has built up and to get number nine, but yet James Madison, Eastern Kentucky, and Liberty, three really good mid-major schools coming in there. I mean, Tennessee's got their absolute hands full to even get out of this weekend. Yeah, and kind of to spoil uh, our bracket real later, I, I don't have Tennessee coming out of that bracket. I've got Liberty coming out of there, and and you know it's a, a difficult thing uh, when you talk about that. But you know we talked about this earlier this week. Is when you kind of look at this draw, it would kind of be a disappointment from the way that Missouri played in the SEC tournament then to not get out of this regional here in Columbia. It is set up in a way for them to host a super regional. For sure, and let's let's just go into it. Um, starting up top with the Oklahoma Regional, Oklahoma's number one overall seed. Wichita State's a good mid-major, but no, sorry, Oklahoma's too good. Uh, going into the 16 seed, uh, if you were watching the selection show live, you saw Tennessee, wa- sorry, not Tennessee, Washington walk out when they got their seed announced. They were felt like they were gypped by the committee, and there's something to that. Uh, I'm not sure too much higher than uh, 16 for them, but they probably shouldn't have been right on the line where they're hosting the best unseeded team. Their non-con was a little washy, and they're not playing a lot of their great uh, best softball right now. But I think Washington gets out of that regional despite a challenge from Michigan. And then Oklahoma still – maybe that, this goes to a game three, but Oklahoma makes the Women's College World Series out of that quadrant. I do have Mizzou advancing over Illinois, Chicago, Northern Iowa, and Iowa State. Uh, I was laughing because you said Liberty. And James Madison is such the trendy pick, and Tennessee is the expected pick that I win Liberty to, and I thought no one else would uh, – and, I, and that's my was my prediction that's going to appear in USA Today. And I was the only one, I think, of the eight that picked Liberty. I think it was five for James Madison, two for Tennessee, and then me. So, Liber- would be the flames of another kind other than UIC coming to Columbia, I think, right there. And I do have Mizzou advancing past Liberty, making it to the Women's College World Series. I think there's a better chance Mizzou loses if it's James Madison or Tennessee coming to Columbia. And, you know, either the trendy pick or the seating holds. But if Liberty does come here, I think that's a really great matchup for Mizzou. Uh, going into the Stillwater Regional, I got Oklahoma State coming out. I just uh, Boston U is thirty six and two, but I just don't see a way that the Cowgirls at least lose at this point in the season. Uh, I got Texas. Texas gets Oregon, which was really really tough, uh, and I think Texas State is really good too. This is a really good regional. I just I think seeding holds here with Texas. Uh, the one team who is seeded and not hosting a regional in Duke going to the Athens regional where George is there, but George is pretty terrible now. Duke advances with a really, really young but good team. And then completing that side of the bracket, Florida gets out of their own regional in Gainesville with no problem. 
uh, any uh, did, did we match on all eight? You know, it's absolutely crazy because we don't look at each other's brackets before we go live here on the podcast, but identical. And uh, really interesting to see that. And and what I'll say about this, and especially with Duke's success in the ACC tournament, I, I think that's a great story for them, especially being a young team. But Florida's a buzzsaw, and I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder, especially after a loss in the SEC tournament. So you have who do you have between OK State and Texas advancing to the Women's Crawl World Series? I've got Texas with the upset. And then you have Florida over Duke? Yes, sir. OK, we are identical there, too. Got it. <laughs> um, all right. Going, why don't you take it from the uh, right side of the bracket, and then I'll see if I match you there. All righty. I've got Alabama, who is <clears throat> hosting of the number number three overall seed. Um, moving on, Notre Dame. Really, when I look at this Kentucky team, and I'm looking at possible upsets because I didn't want to go chalk the entire way. I like this is probably an upset possibility for the SEC team. Going to be taking Notre Dame out of that. Old Miss coming out um, out of the Arizona Regional. I've got Arkansas coming out of their hosting. Excuse me. Um, then moving down there in the bracket, we've got LSU, which I think is a really quality team. Just ran into a Missouri team. Um, really kind of on a mission there in the SEC tournament. Advancing out of that, we're going to be playing Florida State. With Florida State moving out of that quadrant. And then we've got Vodtech and UCLA. UCLA, uh, don't want to spoil the rest of the bracket, but we both got UCLA going extremely far into the uh, College World Series and UCLA moving out of there. So you'll be happy to hear we actually have some different opinions on this side of the bracket. I do have Alabama getting out of their own regional. They're too good. I do have Kentucky advancing out of the Lexington regional, setting up a super regional all SEC. Kentucky took two of three from Alabama earlier this year, but Alabama gets out here because Alabama is probably the hottest team in the country right at this moment. I have Arizona winning their own regional at Tucson. I just don't see Ole Miss or Villanova being that good. UMBC, probably not. Uh, And then Arkansas winning their own regional there as well. Uh, I had a tough time picking LSU. I did pick them. I don't feel good about it um, because I think Louisiana is a heck of a team, the Raging Cajuns, when you're kind of at a coin flip situation you go with the best player who would be on the field that's Aaliyah Edwards for LSU so I went them Tallahassee Regional man UCF I almost chose them as well Florida State's top end wins are too good and I I hate this super regional matchup because no matter who wins me LSU and FSU there's a prone team in my opinion going to Oklahoma City when maybe some other teams in other parts of the bracket maybe a Washington could probably beat either one of these two teams Uh, but I have LSU actually going to uh, Oklahoma City, and I don't feel good about it at all about that pick. I just I, there's not a good choice there for me. Along with Arizona over Arkansas as well. I have Virginia Tech getting past Arizona State uh, as well as UCLA, and then UCLA advancing to the Women's College World Series. So our only differing picks in terms of who gets to uh, Oklahoma City are who? Do you have Arkansas getting there? Oh, got to look at my bracket. I've got Arkansas over Ole Miss. I've got Alabama over Notre Dame. I've got LSU over Florida State and UCLA over Vontae. So we have seven of the same eight, which is fine. I mean, a lot of chalk usually happens in these type of scenarios. Last time uh, there was a Women's College World Series. It was all seeded teams, I think, and the only upset, I think, was a 13 over a four, and that was it. Uh, so it would be Oklahoma, Mizzou, Texas, and Florida on one side. Alabama, either Arizona, Arkansas, LSU, UCLA. Um, who do you have getting to your championship series? Who do you have winning? I've got Alabama and Oklahoma, and I've got Alabama uh, winning it all. I just think right now they're the hottest team in college as softball, and you win the best conference in, in, in softball, and I think that's undoubtedly the SEC, and you can kind of continue to ride that wave. I think they can do that all the way to a championship. I, I think you're absolutely right that the SEC is the top conference 
Um, but I don't have an SEC team in my title game. I have it being just like it was in 2019, UCLA over Oklahoma. Uh, I just think the Bruins, the Pac-12 is underrated, but I think that's partially because the UCLA is just so dominant, and I just, I just, I just got to go with them. I, I don't think Alabama just they're going to run into something at some point, and just going into a hot streak is great. I just, I just don't see national title when I see that team. But if I'm wrong and it's Alabama, it's a, it's a shame they don't win anything down there in Tuscaloosa. That it'd be nice to get a national title for that group down there. Uh, any other thoughts about softball before we do a quick little pop around to other places and then uh, we talk more about you? I, I think the biggest takeaway from this, and this is something that uh, Coach Anderson talked a lot about last week, is just Missouri getting its due and getting the respect that I know that she's been campaigning for since she got here in 2018. And it's great to see them have the possibility of getting a super regional here. Um, obviously, they got to take care of business in their regional, but it's going to be great um, for Mizzou fans to have this opportunity here, especially as in restrictions uh, continue to fall here in Columbia. I think they're going to be up to 50% um, for attendance. Already sold out. Yep, and it, it's just going to be a fantastic event here in Missouri, and I, I hope people actually come out and really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I do too, and I think that uh, it was interesting. It was a part of this team's story the whole year of how they weren't getting national recognition, and in one snap of the fingers, it gets corrected. And, you know, we'll definitely keep you updated, and it'll be nice. it would be nice to cover a game in Oklahoma City, but I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but it's just hard not to look ahead and see how plum of a draw this team really got. And so if they blow it, I mean, people will say, well, that's just Mizzou. But if they actually make it that far, I think Larissa has locked up a tenure here as long as she should so want it. Uh, kind of hopping around to a couple other sports real quick. Uh, Mizzou football stands at eight. Uh, commits in the 2022 class that added Marquise Gracial or Gar- Gracial. I don't know, I know exactly how to pronounce his last name. Uh, committed from St. Charles High School when I was uh, on vacation. He was a four star defensive tackle. I mean, Drinkwitz is doing really well with locking down the borders. Uh, continues that streak. I think last time we talked to you, Missouri basketball was only at 11 commits. They added a 12th, Ronnie DeGray from UMass, 6 7. So it's just interesting. I wrote a column that actually I think appeared in last Sunday's paper about how now there's just an indelible hole in this team. I mean, they just do not have a center who is experienced. And so every player six foot eight or over has played a total of 22 college minutes so far. Uh, and that's that. And, you know, I, I don't know if that was by design from Konzo or not. They just didn't land the players. But it's going to be interesting, and they have a while to figure it out. Women's basketball, they completed spring practice. Uh, and in the way-too-early bracketology, Charlie Cream gave them a number 10 seed for the upcoming NCAA tournament with a lot of their core returning. So expectations there would be high. And then do you want to end it with baseball? I mean, you know, <laughs> for a trying baseball season like it's been, it, it was it was really great for, for Mizzou. They upset number three Mississippi State, take two out of three here in uh, Columbia over the weekend. And – it's it's tough when you know I think they're fifteen and thirty three, but these are two statements that can really help you know kind of change the outlook of a season as a whole. Sounds good. Well, as we said, uh, Langston is this week's special guest. We don't have anybody else. Oh, you, you have something else to say? It's a, it was in Starkville, not Columbia. I apologize about you, that. You're good. Those flubs happen from time to time. But this is Langston. Uh, Langston is taking a job at another paper in the USA Today Network. We'll talk all about that. His road in Columbia, as he is this week's special guest, and we'll get into all of that out of this break. to thank our sponsors for the Columbia Daily Tribune's Mizzou Sports Podcast, University of Missouri Healthcare, 
University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of MU Athletics. Blue Events. Let Blue create the perfect event. Their passion for food, service, and presentation ensures that you will have a seamless and memorable event, no matter the size. They will work with you to bring your vision to life. Phyllis Nichols, State Farm Insurance. There when things go wrong, here to help life go right. The Mizzou Sports Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. Follow Mizzou football with the Tribune's Tiger Extra newsletter. Sign up at ColumbiaTribune.com slash Tiger Extra for stories, galleries, and podcasts in your inbox every Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. And now, back to the show. And welcome back to the Mizzou Sports Podcast. You were just hearing Cool It Now by New Edition. I feel like an old school radio DJ welcoming you back from a song. That's not what my intention is. But that was Langston's song of choice, a third straight New Edition song. Uh, and he got to pick the song this week. Uh, this is his final episode as the main uh, one of the two hosts of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. And as tradition on the show, uh, we usually kind of eat in the middle of, you know, what it, uh, a you know, final episode is, and turns out on Tuesday mornings, uh, Campus Bar and Grill, formerly Big 12, Big 12 Bar and Grill, and Shiloh in Columbia are not open. So we went with Pizza Tree instead because most of Columbia's hot takes about food are about pizza and revolving around Shakespeare. So, of course, I went in the other direction and got us Pizza Tree Pizza. The uh, better pizza, yes. in my opinion. And then one of the, I didn't even know this, one of the two kinds Langston said he wanted, I got. Uh, there was a place back in my hometown, uh, or near my near my hometown, uh, called Brick Oven Pizza that was on Diners, Drivings, and Dives on Food Network. And they were they were, they were were special for a mac and cheese pizza, so I was kind of craving that, and I got us that. But now that we have mentioned that this is going to be your, uh, I guess, your uh, tribute episode, and this, the, the final part of this, kind of describe where, where you're heading and... Uh, all of that. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm returning back to sports, and uh, I'll be covering high school athletics and 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 college football recruiting for the Clarion Ledger um, in Jackson, Mississippi. So I'll be working a little bit on um, just recruiting within the state and helping in with the Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Jackson State, and Southern Miss recruiting as well. And um, you know, I started here at the Tribune in the well, I mean, started freelancing here in September 2019. Really, kind of joined. Um, joined the staff that December and it was pretty much a year of just prep sports and something that I really enjoyed something that I had a chance to do at the Missourian and I was thrilled to keep on doing it here and I really felt like I grew a lot as a sports writer over the last three years here and the last six months has been city council and, and, and local government and that's been a change of pace for me and, and something that I welcomed because I really felt like I needed to diversify the type of things that I can cover, and I'm thankful for that. But I'm excited to get back to sports and 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 really uh, get back into what made me fall in love with journalism in the first place. Yeah, it's a tremendous opportunity for Langston, and you have to just think about kind of how he's grown here at the Tribune, and he gives me enough credit, and we'll probably talk about or more than enough credit. I don't deserve it, but uh, I actually remember meeting Langston when technically he was my competition. 
Um, I started here at the Tribune as the prep reporter. Uh, last time we had a full-time prep reporter back in August of 2018. Um, and he was the Hickman football beat writer for the Missourian at the time. Uh, a little backstory to Hickman football at that time. Uh, it was Cedric Alvis's first year um, covering or coaching the QBs. And his star quarterback... Um, at the time, the guy by the name of Jevin Brown, who's now, I think, at Central Missouri. Yep. Yeah, I think he's going to convert to safety. He was a quarterback at Hickman. Um, was deemed ineligible kind of out of nowhere uh, by Misha. And this is my first week at the Tribune. And we later found out just through talking to people and all of that, it was Tolton that flagged him as former school. It had to be. So Columbia flagged another Columbia athlete uh, as ineligible. And just it, it was it was I remember just only time I've ever been to the Misha office right out off of uh, North 63, right across from where the Panda Express and all that is in Columbia. Um, only time I've ever been there was a kind of sit outside and wait to hear a verdict and then i never heard one mission refused to tell me anything and hickman of course was silent but it was pretty obvious he got cleared because it was a practice two hours later uh but then i got the official word from looking at a guy's twitter page i had never seen before by the name of langston newsom who was not in that game at kansas i think you were there live to watch that but you found a stream and i was not watching that live because i was at another game i think actually tolton's a game against hallsville believe it or not um that night and you were the one who officially like hey jevin's playing so i know that that's a lot of old wounds opening up for people in columbia and that's a memory that i don't actually look too fond of on you know kind of thank god i didn't burn that bridge with cedric straight out of the gate in columbia because he's a good friend of mine now and someone i really trust in this industry but yeah that had to happen the second week i was here that the whole jevin ineligible thing happened what do you remember from that and kind of growing since then that was my first week at the missourian um and so i had been to i believe two practices at hickman and i I remember learning about the whole ineligible thing and learning it was told because they put out a statement about it and um the whole time Jevin was getting first team reps <laughs> and so you know officially Hickman was you know, being you know kind of silent about it and you will see how it plays out but I mean you can be there at the practices and you, and you see who's running with who and and um you know it's not something you can put out until you officially see it but I remember that last year and I saw Jevin playing and I was like okay you know he's at this point had to be cleared and um that was the start of i ended up covering hickman football three straight years and it it was a blast and and coach alvis was always helpful um every step of the way and and i'll say that about pretty much every single coach here in this community and it it really helps when you're a young journalist and you have coaches that are willing to talk to you and willing to let you go to practices and really kind of learn on the fly and the type of access that I've get, been given here. And I, I know most of these coaches are used to it just because there's so many journalism kids here. But I'm really appreciative of them helping me grow and tell some of their stories. And I know Eric is is not, not going to be happy about this, but uh, Eric and as well as our sports editor and interim editor now, Kevin Grayler, has been instrumental in really getting me and keeping me involved with sports over the course of the last six, seven months that I've been covering uh, local news. And it's just been a huge um, help to me to kind of continue to kind of write about sports. And this podcast has been a great avenue just to discuss things and talk things out with Eric. Um, But I got a chance to cover Mizzou football this year, and it really kind of illuminated, you know, what I wanted to do. And I think something about, you know, taking a job that's outside of what you studied in college, outside of what something you've ever did with local government it's as much as learning what you want to do as kind of learning what you don't want to do. 
And I'm super appreciative of all the city officials, especially the health department, really helping me along the way uh, through this and, and covering local elections and covering the COVID-19 outbreak. And then you've got uh, the vaccine rollout and all those things. It's been hugely important to growing as a journalist and, and really learning to cover other things. And I think that's only going to help me when it comes back to sports. But to get back to bragging on Eric and Kevin, they, <laughs> they were so helpful every step of the way, especially when it came to Mizzou sports of really kind of getting me some experience, helping me along the way. And yeah, I know I can use that over at the ledger. So a huge thanks to Eric, uh, huge thanks to Kevin, who you know, will presumably be back here in the booth with Eric doing the podcast. And I can't wait to listen to that. But um yeah, it, it, it's bittersweet. You know, I called this place home for the last five years because I'm a um, Missouri grad, and it, it's going to be bittersweet, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be moving on and happy to continue to be colleagues with Eric. Yeah, for sure. Langston will still be part of the USA Today Network, and uh, for those of you who don't know, the Clarion Ledger is in Jackson, Mississippi, and I think you went a little bit about it there, but we'll come back to this. Langston and I also have something in common that I, I think you might remember, but if not, we both of our first jobs full-time in journalism were not covering sports. Uh, I, I worked at a paper in Hanover, Pennsylvania, where if you know Utz Chips or Snyder's Pretzels, the main factor for both, the, both those towns, not really famous for anything else. It's the first major town going over the Mason-Dixon line going north of Baltimore. That's that's basically what that is. But I covered cops and fires and courts for eight months because it was just the best opportunity I had getting out of journalism school, which is, I mean, I think Langston kind of realizes it now and other Mizzou grads realize it, but just how much of an advantage going to Mizzou journalism-wise is. Graduating from Towson was great, and I love my alma mater, but it's journalism-wise, credibility is at zero compared to the 10 that is Mizzou. And along my way in journalism, I, I had met Mizzou grads and not really realizing, you know, that how just widespread journalism Mizzou has. And so I know Langston's kind of talked a little bit off camera about kind of being in the Columbia bubble and, you know, this is a town that he likes and likes living here, but you kind of felt like it was time for you, time for you to get out, right? Yeah, I, you you always kind of wonder, am I successful or do I, am I having the amount of success that I'm having because I'm in a situation that I'm comfortable with before I started, you know, being paid to write about, you know, uh, Columbia and Boone County Athletics. I was doing it for the Missourian. And so I'd already had that level of comfort. These these were coaches that I already knew. And when I moved to the new side, it was really kind of easy to kind of acclimate myself because I already knew so much about this community living here for four years. Now it's time to say, hey, are the things that I learned here applicable when I have to dive headfirst into a situation with coaches, with editors that I've never met before and didn't ha have good things to say about me before I started working with them? It's It's about... Take, taking everything that you've learned here and seeing if you can do it in a situation where people don't know you. And I'm excited to do that. Well, I'll say it like this. There's a couple things that come out of that. Number one, you know, as much as you want to, you know, credit Kevin or I, we just opened the door. You walked through it and you had to stay in it. And so that's the extent of the credit. You know, yes, did we help you get somewhere short, but you had to sustain it yourself and you, did, you didn't have a booster seat or anything like that from us. You were thrown into the fire and survived. Um, but, you know, knowing and – and you can go a little bit more in depth into what you're going to cover uh, in Jackson, Mississippi and all of that. But, you know, I, I hate to say this, but it's true. 
some kid somewhere sometime is going to get in legal trouble that you're going to cover. It happens at Missouri. It happens everywhere, unfortunately, with athletes. Now you know how to read a court document. And so it'll be easier for you to determine what this, these kids actually did wrong. A heavy, heavy, heavy majority of the kids never get in any kind of legal trouble. But if you don't run into any of that in Mississippi, I've been wondering about my life savings that happens within the first year. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's true. And yeah, I mean, you're you're a sum of all the experiences that you had and I'm happy that a lot of my experiences have been outside of sports and but as a whole I'm just super excited to get back to telling the stories about athletes and I think recruiting is super exciting just because now more than ever even though kids transfer now more they they're going to get that free one-time pass to transfer without sitting out a year um, but this is probably the biggest decision that they're going to make in their lives um, just based off of this is where they made their net their network, uh, whether that's for professional sports, whether that's for getting a degree, whether that's meeting um, future friends, future family at their university, it's a huge step not only for them and their families, for these athletes who really do expire, aspire to go to the next level. And so finding out how they make those decisions, what led to that, and how their background kind of dictates or influences them to go to certain places and do certain things, it's really interesting to me. And at the heart of you know sports, we're still talking about people. It's just people who can and who can make a basket or throw a football or make a great tackle. They're great on the field, but that's we're we're in this business to tell story about stories about people. Much much agreed. So let me ask you these two questions: favorite story or moment you've had as a journalist in Columbia Tribune, Tribune or not? And what's the biggest thing you're looking to do as soon as you get to Mississippi? I'll, I'll answer the first thing I'm looking forward to in Mississippi. Um, I will say <laughs> it, it kind of takes me back uh, to when I lived in Georgia in elementary school. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing Southern accents again. I'm looking forward to on Friday nights football being everything. Obviously, we have that in, in Boone County, but it's a little bit different in the South where football is like the whole town. It's like we're watching high school football. So I'm excited about that. And as for uh, the proudest thing that I've had, uh, that's a uh, difficult question. I'll say probably when I first started, I had the story on Jalen Longa Redding and the flip that he did from committing to Missouri, then going to Minnesota, and the story about family. It's a story about um, kind of changing your expectations on the fly. It's a story about Barry Odom getting fired, um, who I've talked about extensively on this podcast. And it, it takes all those things and kind of puts it together. And um, I'm also really proud of the um, senior series that we did over the spring highlighting spring uh, senior athletes that had their their seasons canceled due to COVID and just taking a look back at their years in high school and what that meant to them and, and how do you move on when something that you're looking forward to, presumably your whole life, is taken away from you. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, the whole time you've been a city politics reporter, it's been during COVID. And, you know, COVID's tough on everybody. And, you know, this is actually our first episode I think we recorded, you know, we've, since we've both been fully vaccinated. You know, I, ha I had it a little bit earlier than you did. But, you know, I, th I think you hit your two weeks last week, if I remember correctly. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So but we didn't do an episode yep. that week. So the first episode we've had, we were, we're, you know, this is how it should be, where I actually am looking right at you without a mask on. But, you know, now kind of looking just, you know, at, at what Langston did here, I think it's really interesting with what happened with Cedric because your second Cedric second year, you wrote a story about him and the uh, Troy Buchanan coach. His name is absolutely escaped me. Is Nesbitt is the last name? Yes, uh, Greg Nesbitt uh, is his father. I'm blanking on him. Ryan Nesbitt. Yes. Thank you. As soon as you yeah. And so you wrote that story. And, and I think that that's the story where Kevin and I just looked at each other like, 
okay, we need to get this kid here. Like, like, and you're not a kid. I mean, you're only a couple, you know, years younger than me, but it's just like, we have to get, like, we have to sign this free agent. Like, this is a guy that has to be here. And just, you know, that's just been a skill of yours since you've been here. And I'm hoping now that you're going back down to Mississippi, you know, you know, you, you talk about maybe a little bit of my guidance and sure. And that's more show of friendship than anything else. But um, you know, we've had both Nick Suss, who covers Ole Miss for the Clarion Ledger, and Tyler Horka, who covers Mississippi State. Hopefully, uh, we've had him on the podcast as well. Hopefully, they both kind of talk to you and, you know, give you guidance in a similar way that I have. I mean, they're, I think Tyler's younger than me. Tyler might be even younger than you. Tyler graduated from, uh, is I think, a December 2017 grad from the University of Texas. Nick's a little older than both of us. Um, but hopefully, you know, that's a bigger sports department down there, and you can just bounce ideas off of people. I think it's, I think it's a phenomenal opportunity for you. Um, you know, just, you know, the drive down there and you're, you're, you're making the route through kind of, I guess you're going straight to St. Louis and then down through Memphis. Cape and then Memphis go to either, if, if you don't stop at either, uh, Gus's chicken or, or, uh, Gibson's donuts, best of those two foods. If you want donuts based off the time or fried chicken, you need to do that. Uh, they're, and they're within like parking lots of each other. So if you want both, there you go. Both the, both in the uh, Southeastern part of, uh, Memphis right there and then straight down and, and into the heart of Mississippi and you know uh, I've never I don't think I've actually ever been to Jackson I've been to Starkville and I've been to South Haven but I've never been to Jackson so maybe I'll come see it at some time uh, when do you, when do you leave and uh, what do you think you'll be into the first couple of days you get into uh, first day is the 24th uh, so that's next Monday and then we're getting right into uh, player of the years doing the all-state teams for spring sports and things like that and getting ready for uh, football um, because that's the main driver, and, and we're getting ready, already looking ahead to the 2021-22 uh, season. So I'm excited about that, and and um, just excited to be back in sports. I think that's the biggest takeaway. I'm, I'm definitely excited to be back in sports. So I don't know if Langston sees this or not, but um, I actually got I actually got Langston something as 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 as, as a tiny present from me to him, and I'm going to ask him to open it up and describe it in as much detail as he can. Um, I just wanted to get him a little something to remember his time fondly in Columbia by, um, and I couldn't find the perfect gift for you, so I had to make it myself. Right. So uh, don't be scared. Nothing's jumping out at you. Well, first, I just it, want to say thank you. I, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, so please describe this in as much detail as you possibly can. All right. It's definitely a mug. <laughs> Tell him what's on it. Like. It's um, <laughs> first thing you see is a picture of uh, <laughs> of Barry Odom, um, and his Mizzou gear looks like he's at a uh, spring practice. <laughs> and it's a picture of Odom at uh, SEC Media Days to my good friend. <laughs> <laughs> Best luck at the Clarion Ledger uh, from Barry Odom. And you know what? I, I will cherish this because <laughs> the mug inside is yellow, which I, I made made sure that Amazon did for me. And the weird part is um, I took both of those photos that you, that you see on there. Uh, Langston is correct. That was 2019 SEC Media Days. Uh, I took that photo of Barry Odom. And then the other side, that's a actually a preseason fall practice. Uh, and, I, and I took that too. And I, wa- I want to just—it's a kind of a joke gift, kind of not, because I mean, you're going to drink coffee at some point. So why not look at Barry Odom's face when you're when, when you're drinking? And, and I wanted you just to remember your time in Columbia very well, thanks to that gift. You know what? It's the end of an era. Uh, Barry's out of Columbia. I'm out of Columbia. <laughs> uh, and 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 Mizzou is better for it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I absolutely love it. You know, I, I'll look at Barry and I'll think to myself, I I, I need to do better today. 
yeah. <laughs> I look at Barry and I was like, I, 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 I can do better than that. Yeah, I mean, I thought of that idea and it was, I mean, I definitely wanted to get you a little something just as, 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 a, as a gift, but clearly, I mean, you know, we've you even mentioned it unprovoked, and I'm like, he has no idea this thing is right here, right now. And I did a radio interview in between these two segments where I mentioned Barry. I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to get Barry Odom in his head, but I guess you think about it enough as is when we talk about Mizzou sports. But yes, I did get Langston a, a created uh, mug, and I just wanted, in case you didn't hear it, it says on one side to my good friend, comma, best of luck at the Clarion Ledger exclamation point, and then an M dash Barry Odom with a photo of him uh, as his immediate dates in a nice suit. On the other side is him with a photo of, I guess that's. Uh, I can't remember his name. Dominic Jacinto and Dawson Downing. And I'm just looking all angry to practice on the, on the other side. So, yeah, there is that. Uh, we've kind of reached the end of this episode. Anything else you want to say before we go today, Langston? Uh, yeah, I just want to give an extreme thanks to everyone who reads the Columbia Daily Tribune. And um, I know that the restrictions have been lifted here in Columbia, but, you know, Please you know, keep in mind, you know, some businesses will still require a mask and this will ask you to wear a mask and, and do what you can to socially distance and do what you can to make other people feel comfortable as not only this community, but other communities across the nation, you know, continues to to kind of find their new normal. And um, I'm just really thankful for the readers. And yeah, and thanks so much for my Barry Odom book. I, I, I can't stop smiling whenever I look at it. I'm glad you like it. Well, why don't you give us the outro this week, and I'll end it with, with that. And uh, for the last time, for Eric Blum and myself, this has been the Mizzou Sports Podcast. Mm-hmm.